0: Nine minutes after, no, it's six minutes after nine o'clock. Where am I? No Pierre today. Threw me off. So he said he's exhausted from covering a trial that's uh, going on. Have you ever covered trials, Brian, like a murder trial and sat there day in and day out and hours and hours?
1: Not for a long time. I did, uh, like in the early days of The Observer, covered a murder trial, but um, yeah, didn't. I don't know that it the The readers were that interested in the you know the daily updates, and it just didn't seem like it, it we could really afford the time. But no. um, it's definitely interesting. I, I to me, even the the slow mundane days that probably wouldn't be big uh, big big readership. I still think is pretty interesting. So
0: yeah, it is if you have that kind of time. Yeah, but, but then there's so much boring stuff that goes on. Well, uh, uh, Teresa uh, Pontieri, Carly Pontieri. Excuse me. Should we call you Teresa Carly Pontieri or
2: Teresa Pontieri is fine. Okay. It's, it's, it, you getting Pontieri correct is already like a great feat. <laughs> that's a mouthful. But
0: it sounds like a... St- I said that before when you were running, before you won, that it has, it has a beautiful flow to it. Teresa Carly Pontieri. you know, you it's, uh,
2: it's very Italian.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, welcome. Glad to have you on today. Yeah, thank you. I uh, watched your TV show last night, your town hall meeting, and I it was very educational.
2: That was the point. I'm um,
0: glad. I mean, I wish I mean, it was well done. It was, and I kind of like knew all of that, but you presented it where you could absorb it. And, and now I know it rather than, you know, it's just put clarity to things and, and learn some things too so thank you for doing that for yeah, the community of course. you're welcome i was looking on uh the the streaming with because we we stream it on wnzf so people i'll look and see how where people were listening to it on that of course over broadcast am and fm you don't really know who's out there and and uh you know what's going on they're in their cars or you know whatever is happening it's you know mobile media but um it was a good audience to it, and it, it held, which was good, because I saw it, you know, I can look at the time and the stream. And um, so with us, I think you had right, at least 2,000, maybe 2,500 people that that uh, listened to you last night.
2: No, that's great. I'm glad it held. It's it's refreshing to know I'm not completely boring uh, when talking <laughs> about the budget, because it's not exactly the most exciting topic. But it's also on our Palm Coast YouTube page, so if anybody missed it, they can go back and watch it on Did their you
1: team. Did you get any feedback or, like, was there any pattern to people's comments or questions that you kind of learned something from?
2: You know, I think that people really just want to know that we're being stewards of their tax dollars. And they want transparency. They want to know exactly where their monies are going. And so that's something that we're endeavoring to make more clear. And that was that was a lot of the, um, p- the point and purpose of last night.
1: I always wonder what, <clears throat> I mean, generally speaking, I think most people would say, no, I do not want to pay more in taxes. But I also wonder, like, do people think that it would be worth spending a little bit more? Like if you're, if you're just shopping, you know, you're going to spend more to get something. So do people think that it would be worth more money? If you take the word tax out of it, would it be, is it, was it worth money for me to spend more to get a certain service improved or increased or added? Um, it seems like when you talk about taxing, then there's this negative reaction to it. But, um, I don't know. Do you, what do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, do you, of
2: course. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that at the end of the day, if people know exactly where they're, their dollars and cents are going. It's more palatable for them. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about ad valor monies that go into the general fund and then support operations and administration, all of these things that people feel you know they can't see the tangible result of, it's not as acceptable to them. I and mean, I understand that. But if you say, you know we're going to charge something like a franchise fee or a user charge, and it's going directly into a payment management fund where you can see your neighborhood, Streets being improved, it's just you can see it. You know, you can see the actual result of your hard-earned tax dollars at work. Yeah. I
0: think it's like you know the same frame of mind of, um, you know, I don't want to have to put a new roof on my house, and but then when you do, you see the new roof and you feel good about it. Or I don't mm-hmm. want to have to paint the house, but you know, it's like oh, okay, we need to. It looks like crap, so um, then when you do, it, you're like you feel good about it because all right, I'm glad I did that. With the franchise fee and taxes, not so much emotional. Yeah. you know reward or gratification from it because you don't really see and we're going to talk about roads today by the way but and that's what everybody's talking about and so we're going to we're going to learn today from uh, chris shane asphalt paving systems on on how they build roads and what what do you start with and how do they deteriorate and you know so we can intelligently understand the dilemma that we and it is a dilemma isn't it that we're in right now
2: it is yeah our road paving, paving system or plan was paid for for a long time by a tax that we haven't seen in several years so as that tax went away we just lost money to be able to keep up with the deterioration of the roads. so we're trying to kind of catch up at this point
1: okay i'd be curious if uh you asked because the matanzas woods was recently repaved which is near where i live I'd be curious to know if, if you just pulled the people in that neighborhood, you know, let's pool it, let's pool our money and spend, you know, 10 bucks this year to get that road repaved, like that whole quadrant of the city, um, how they would feel differently about that as opposed to the taxes are going to go up, you know, something like that. But
0: yeah, well, I mean, everybody loves to live here, that's why they wouldn't be here. That's what's kind of cool. Some people in older towns, they're, they were, they're stuck there. They were born there. Their parents and grandparents, they have heritage there. And, um, you know, they just never even thought of leaving. And But here, it's kind of a pioneer town. We're so young and new. And, and most people have come here because they wanted to, right? And they stay here because they want to or where they leave. So I think we all have that in common that we want to make this a a great place to live and it is but to continue that because you can see other towns or even businesses that don't invest into the future and, and maintain and keep things nice and new and and all that and then it just you know turns into a slum so that yeah. are we on a verge of us going backwards where palm coast you know this bright shiny you know into the world born city And um, are we at a crossroad where we could go backwards and be more slummy if we don't be progressive?
2: I think that it's all about balance, right? So we have to look at what dollars we're going to put into current infrastructure and focusing on what our current neighborhoods look like and feel like and, and making sure they're sturdy and we've got sustainability there, but then also looking to investing in the future as well. So, you know, there's We've got the Westward expansion that everybody is um, talking about, yet tired of listening to. And I understand that because we do have things that need to be worked on here in current Palm Coast. But, you know, you do have to invest in the future. And so it's all about that balance and making sure that dollars and cents are being spent in the right way to invest smart, grow smart, but also take care of what we have.
0: Last night, um, I learned that you said that right now the residents of Palm Coast, the homeowners, the you know, us regular folk here, pay 92 percent of the um, taxes that the city gets, right? 92%. The ad
2: valorem, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: The ad valorem. Okay, and so and what should it be?
2: So if you look around the state, the average, um, you know, kind of disparity of commercial to residential is around 30, 70, 25%, 75%, but we are obviously very skewed um, and ITT kind of designed it that way. So what we're trying to do with the reopening of the comp plan is to not only make sure we balance that out a little bit more, but you know, a lot of the new neighborhoods people don't realize that are going in are CDDs. So they're going to be very self-sufficient. So right now where the city is having to pay to keep up the infrastructure of all of our current neighborhoods, that won't take place as we grow West, and even some of the newer neighborhoods that are popping up um, in Palm Coast now, they're self-sufficient CDDs, which is going to help us greatly.
0: So so an ad valorem ratio, a 70-30 would be healthy.
2: That would be very helpful. That would be fantastic. I would love that.
0: <laughs> well, and you said that with, and, and also all you people listening that think, oh, here, here's air uh, sucking up to, uh, you know, Pontieri in the city. I am not because um, I just, but at the same time, once you get something in your head, like, oh, you know, like Danko, this is a trap and, and I'm not going to fall for it and all that kind of stuff. But once you have something in your head, even if you're wrong, you always look for things to justify the way you believe something is, even if you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and aware of that, I'm always questioning, you know, my own cognitive bias of am I asking. That's why I love having you guys on and ask you questions about it, because I was like, made sense to me that, oh, yeah, we're going to roll them back. And politically, we're all going to be stars and then we're going to stick it to you.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Dude, that <laughs> Which was would...
0: a great soundbite. Thank you, uh, Ed, for that. But, <laughs> um, but but the truth of it is, we need to be educated about this. And if what you're doing is is really good for us in the city in the future. We need to be supportive of it and not fight every little thing that, that comes up and look at the big picture. So that's what I'm trying to Get across, and I think that's what you did get across last
2: night. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, like I said, I started off the town hall by saying I'm not trying to sell anybody or persuade anybody. I just want to provide information because, you know, what I when I endeavored to look into this, that really, I, I took a multifaceted approach to the budget. You know, we made 2.8 million dollars uh, in budget cuts to meet that rollback. So that's just one angle at really being fiscally responsible for our city, and diversifying the the, the tax revenues is is another angle to that.
0: Yeah. You know how many, I should have asked you, how many miles of roads do we have in Palm Coast?
2: 1,200. 1,200. It's crazy. So you if you, it.
0: Yeah. If you stretched them all out in a straight line, visualize that, it would go from what here to Chicago or something?
2: That's, yeah, that's, that's about what Matt I was Hager. thinking.
1: Really? You were thinking I, I Chicago? I thought Chicago. Yeah. yeah wow. I'm going to look it up
0: now. So okay, yeah, look it up. Your yeah, fact check us there, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think of that, I mean, that would be like an interstate from here to Chicago or close. We'll find out. It might might get us anyway. But um, it's eleven hundred and thirty-four miles to Chicago. So that was We're pretty good. Off by about 66,
1: 76 okay. miles. That's pretty All right. good. 66 that's
0: pretty good. Miles. Wow, and <laughs> that's a lot of miles to okay. And what's the average cost? of a mile to, um, to repave roads.
2: So I think to mill and resurface, if I recall correctly, is about 1.56 million per square foot, which is crazy. Uh, it could be per square mile. Could be you know what? That's a that's a question for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when he comes on. All right, you ask we him just, that. Yeah. We, yeah, no. we
1: just saw a huge budget increase. Yeah. Uh, think, no, you know what I think a mile it is, per square foot. I think, I, I think
2: it's expensive. one point five six million dollars per square mile.
0: Or a linear mile or a square mile, whatever. I don't yeah, know.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's per square mile. Um, okay. and so that's a lot of money. So when you're looking at being able to pay for it, that's why you know, Mr. Cody came to us and said, Well, if we spend twelve point five million dollars every year for the next five years, we can get a whopping seventy five miles of roads milled and resurfaced that's just not going to get the job done
0: hey uh we're going to talk to chris i have him lined up for a 9:30 call but in the meantime let's talk about this franchise fee all right and and clarify for me okay because this is where city council you guys said let's do this with fpl That way everybody pays their fair share, which makes sense because, you know, we love Advent Hospital, but they don't pay any ad valorem taxes because they're tax exempt. All the churches, Elizabeth Ann Seton, you know, multimillion dollar companies that um, we hardly get any taxes. We don't get any from them in the nonprofits. Right. Anybody that has that, like the. Um, Charity Row down Old Kings with the VFW and all those guys, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But for them to not pay anything toward the use of the community, particularly all the roads that they drive on and use and their trucks are shipping and all that sort of a thing to it. I don't think they would object to a franchise fee to help pay a portion of it. And I can't even imagine what the hospital's electric bill would be a month.
2: Right. And so that was one of the big, um, when I was looking at, you know, robustly, is this something smart? That was definitely a huge factor. I have been a very big advocate of moving the tax burden and the amount of monies that we're taking from our homeowners over to the commercial side. And the franchise fee would be a way to do that. So 75 to uh, 77% of our revenues would be paid from residents for the franchise fee. Whereas non-residential would pay 25 to 23%. So that's a 15 point skew in favor of our residents when you compare ad valorem to franchise fee.
1: So, but how much does that mean? Like if you're just a you know, shop owner in town, how much is that coming out of your pocket?
2: So you're a shop owner in town, so you know your small businesses and things like that. I think, you you know, at 0.5%, which is the minimum franchise fee for a resident in Palm Coast, it would be on average $1.29 on your monthly bill. Um so when you're talking about smaller shop owners I don't think it would be very significant but I think it would be enough to make a difference and and be a fair amount at that low at that low rate um for the use of, and improvement of our roads.
0: Did I understand you last night when you, did you say that Flagler Beach has a FBL franchise fee?
2: They do at
0: 6%. And nobody ever says anything about that right people
2: just don't a lot of people don't realize it's on their bill um and they generate about three hundred thousand dollars from that franchise fee
0: so um so the city went to fpl said hey we want to do a franchise fee on the city of palm coast and they said no we don't want to do that um because it would be on a referendum ballot Mm -hmm. but if if you had gone to them and just said we want to do a six percent franchise fee they would have said okay
2: well, um, I, presumably, yes. Now, I never advocated for a 6%. I think that's way too high. Um, you know, I was looking at something closer to 3%, quite candidly, 3 to 4% to help pay for our roads. But at the end of the day, I thought, you know, the residents should have a say in this. If they want more roads paved, then we can put it on the ballot and they can decide the rate. Um, but yeah, FPL would not agree to that because they just didn't want to be a subject of kind of controversy every four years when the general elections came up.
1: The problem is... What are we choosing between? Like if, if you don't get some other funding source to help the roads, uh, let's say the, the, the general population says no, um, what would happen?
2: So right now we get, we pave our roads with the local option fuel tax. We get about $2.2 million from that. We also get about another million from our municipal revenue sharing. And um, so we we continue to fund using those monies and try to find monies in other places. And I'm working really hard with staff to do that. And I think I have found some more. And I think that's really- I can't give you the example. yeah. No. And the only reason is I need consensus from my colleagues from the dais to yeah. do that and I don't want to undermine them. Um, well, just without...
0: tell us. We'll not <laughs> We'll keep it a secret. Yeah,
2: all of the listeners, plug your ears. No, um, I, I do have some ideas and I'm going to vocalize them and I think that it will be successful. And, I, you know, candidly, I think that was part of the frustration of a lot of our residents is they thought, well, go back to the budget and see what you can get first before yeah. instituting this fee. But I have an institutional knowledge of what our budget is capable of right now because I've been digging into it so strongly. So I'm coming from a place Place of a little bit more information, and that's that was part of the reason of doing the lot, town hall last night. A
1: lot of times, it seems like there's a, there's some people would perceive it as sort of scare tactics. Like, well, if we if we don't raise this tax, then we're going to have to cut fire, and then when your house is on fire, it's going to burn down.
2: Yeah, and, no, I, I agree with yeah, you on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So your roads are going to you're going to they're going to cave in on you if we yeah. don't institute this franchise fee. I get that. Um, genuinely, that that was not the intent. Obviously, yeah.
0: overall. and and this is, you know, I'm from originally way back when, you know, born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and you talk about potholes up north, and I'm sure it is the same in, in all the Midwest cities where they have snow and rock salt and scrapers and all that kind of stuff, snow plows. is The roads here in Florida overall seem to be in good shape, and that was kind of what the whole promo thing, compared to up there. Where I mean, you hit a chuck hole up north in a major road, it can be a foot deep and people still drive over them and it takes them forever. And, and the roads, you see nothing but patches. I mean, it's just like crazy looking. Aren't we, are we better off? Maybe we'll talk to Crystal about that, but the, the makeup, the chemistry of roads in Florida, it seems overall that they aren't that bad compared to that.
2: Well, we are in the best state in the country, so you're probably not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the best city as well. No, um, yeah. A lot of people don't feel like the roads really need that much attention because they do come from other places around the country, but it's kind of like public safety. Just because you feel safe doesn't mean you need to defund the police. I, I look at this the same way. We need to keep a certain quality of life for our residents. They've come to expect it and they should. And so that takes investment and it takes a consistent plan to make sure that we stay at a certain status and that our, our roads stay healthy. You know, the biggest problem in Florida is to keep moisture from hitting the foundation of the roads. So any way that you can preserve them and keep that moisture from really affecting the foundation. That's the ultimate goal.
0: All right. Well, it's uh, we're going to take a break and we will be back. Brian, you got some award you won. We'll give you a chance to brag (laughs) on that here coming up in uh, just a little bit. We'll also be checking in with Chris Shane with Asphalt Paving Systems. And we're going to find out what how do you start a road? What's underneath what we drive on? And um, how does it deteriorate? Is it from the bottom up from the top down? And Trucks and all those kind of things, and weather, I guess, and water, and you know the the roads are under attack all the time. And and uh, what do we what do we don't know? We'll try to fill in the blanks. Our guest this morning is Pomco's city council woman, not m- m- men or person. City council, should I say city council person? Woman. Woman. I'm okay. a woman. All yeah. Right. Pomco city council woman Teresa Carly Pontieri. We'll be back. So you're ready to list it? We're ready to sell it. This is Sam Perkovich, broker-owner of Parkside Realty Group. Stop by our office in Town Center or call us at
2: 302-0300. Visit us online at ParksideRealtyGroup.net. You know what I like about people who drive Mercedes? They have an appreciation for quality.
3: Hi, I'm Andy from AutoHouse of Palm Coast. If it has anything to do with Mercedes-Benz, we can do it. From maintenance and basic services to major repairs. If you or somebody you know owns a Mercedes-Benz, I would love for you to be my customer. I'm Andy, I'm in the Hardgrove Lane Industrial Park. You'll find me, everybody else has, or call me anytime. 585-4785,
0: Auto House, Palm Coast. See this? It's a generator for your home. Never needs gas, no moving parts, and as quiet as a church mouse. Hurricane or power outage headed our way? No worries now. It's a solar generator for your home that works day and night and pays for itself through energy savings and tax credits. Hi folks, this is Bill Gallagher with Solar Fit. We're your Tesla certified Powerwall installer and the future is here. Give us a call today for all the details. 445-7606. 6 Fit your life and
1: set yourself free with the sun's free energy.
0: 926 free for all friday podcast today's show and all of ours on the flagler radio mobile app or flaglerbroadcasting.com and uh, if you missed Teresa pontieri carly pontieri's uh, show last night one hour tight oh i appreciate you keeping it to an hour that was um that was <laughs> that nice was tough. it was but um but it was good you got everything in that you needed to people got a chance to ask questions and um, you said about fifty people in the audience there.
2: Yeah, I say about fifty.
0: And um, and then the, the streaming and that, so we reached at least three thousand people That's last great. night with that. And then and then the podcast is Mark. Do we have a, a podcast on ours? Can we? Well, let's post it on ours too. Okay. And then um, that way, if if you missed it, but very educational the way the the budget works and the different funds and no, you can't spend this money on that. And it was a, a good elementary explanation of how the city's structured. So. Uh,
1: I always thought uh, lawyers were good at keeping, you know, keep keeping their their comments
0: concise.
2: You think so? Oh, I think they're verbose.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or they can confuse you if they want to. And, uh, you know, whatever. Hey, uh, what did you you said last week you were off? And um, where were you? Got some award. Well, it's kind of funny because,
1: you know, here I am. I haven't been with the Observer for more than a year. And then I went to this award ceremony. So. You know, they, the, the timing of it, you know, just happened to be that way, but yeah, the, the Palm coast observer and the Ormond beach observer, um, we, we drove over to, uh, Sarasota last Friday and there were 12, uh, between the two papers, there were 12 awards that we won from the Florida press association. So they had something like 50 something newspapers, you know, sent in submissions and there were about a thousand total submissions and you know, dozens of categories, but um, yeah, 12 awards is pretty good. I think for the, for the two papers and um, actually my wife, Haley, who is the page designer uh, won first place in the state for front page makeup of the paper. Wow. This Um, is,
0: this is for Haley. Thank
1: you. Yeah, it was very, it's very cool. And then Michelle Myers who um, does a lot of photography in Ormond more than Palm coast, but some in both. Um, she won first place for overall portfolio of a photographer, and so I mean, there, there's a lot of competition. I think that's a really prestigious one, particularly. And then um, I won third place for faith and family reporting, and there's a you know long list of them. But mm-hmm. um, I would say that uh, we should be pretty happy that we have a high quality weekly newspaper in, in Palm Coast.
0: So this is kind of like the cool. Academy Awards? Of
1: yeah, basically. Weekly. I mean, yeah. it,
0: it, it's your own, you know,
1: your own oh. industry awards.
0: So. Did you get up there and... and um Brian McMillan. I want to know where
2: the red carpet show is. For this. I know this
0: is what I'm picturing. Do you get well, like a I wear sh- a shirt and tie and everything.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. oh, wow, Did and you- it's
2: not like a t-shirt with the tie. Oh on no, it. it's <laughs> actual
1: tie. tie. You know, no zipper, no no clip-on, no nothing. No shorts. But yeah, Haley, Haley came the back with look. a. Haley came back with a you know this glass kind of fancy looking little trophy and i've won some of those in the past third place you get a certificate so great but uh, yeah
0: congratulations thank you very much and observer john walsh um thanks for having a good paper here in our community hey uh chris shane is with us here we've been talking about you chris with asphalt paving systems and uh good morning Good
3: morning. Yeah, thank you for having me on.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, because I w- was talking with uh, Councilwoman Teresa Carly Pontieri, and uh, she said there's nobody that knows more about asphalt paving and roads than Chris Shane. I go, well, how do we get them on the show? And so here we are.
3: No, that's great. No, I really appreciate it. And thank you, Councilwoman Pontieri, for uh, for thinking of me.
0: So um, we have a whole bunch of dumb questions for you. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Well, tell us first of all about Asphalt APS. We see it all over the place. You're in Tampa or something. So, just tell us about um, a little about you and your company.
3: Yeah. So, Asphalt Paving Systems. We started in Florida in in 2010, and you know we're a full service paving company. We uh, we do everything from pavement preservation, milling, and resurfacing to full blown reconstruction. And we are based out of Tampa. That's where our asphalt plant is. But we have a satellite office and. In brevard county and then we work all over the state but really we're a a pavement preservation company first and then a a paving company so we like to think of ourselves as kind of the swiss army knife of the industry you know we can kind of handle all situations and you know we're just try to try to help the industry and help uh you know local agencies you know better take care of their roads that's kind of our goal
0: all right so you contract with cities municipalities airports
3: yeah, so we contract mainly, you know, our mix of work is with cities and counties across the state of Florida, um, and then you know try to try to help them any way they any way we can with their resurfacing needs.
0: Okay, um, and everybody just jump in here. That same thing with well, you. I, yeah. I have a question. Okay,
1: actually, I'm dying to know. So we see these roads getting repaved, and you see some of it that looks like it's kind of ground off or scraped off. And then you see like different layers go on and sometimes they seem smooth and then think it's done. And then there's another layer that goes on. And just, can you give like just a little, a little tutorial about what is the process for resurfacing a road?
3: Yeah. So, you know, most roads are built, they have a section of base material, whether it be shell rock, lime rock, or soil cement. And then... Uh, depending on the class of road, depending on the traffic, you, you would have multiple layers of asphalt. So if it's just a local residential road, you'll probably just have one lift of smooth asphalt. That would be you know, either an inch and a half or two inches thick. And then if you get out onto some of your busier roads, uh, you might have multiple lifts of asphalt. So that's kind of where you were talking about where you see a smooth layer go down. That would be like your structural lift. And then sometimes they put a friction course on there, which is a little coarser. And that helps, you know, when it's raining, cars not to slip all over the place. Um, so you have multiple layers there. Uh, but most roads, you know, you have inch and a half to two inches of asphalt and then eight inches of base. That's how most roads are constructed in the state of Florida for the most part and uh, on the county and city level.
1: So when a road is in need of resurfacing, let's say it's a, 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 a road that has more traffic and maybe there's four inches of asphalt on it, how... Much of that asphalt is kind of worn away before you need to say, well, we need to, you know, scrape it all off and start fresh versus just put another inch on it or something.
3: Yeah, so asphalt, although it does ravel, it doesn't really ravel out, you know, the complete thickness of it. So most of it has to do with the amount of cracking that it has. So if you have a road that has a lot of cracking, you'd probably want to start over and mill it out and then you know put in new asphalt whereas if it's still in decent condition you know that's kind of what we're talking about with the city of palm coast is if it's still in decent condition you can do some things to try to preserve it where you don't have to you know mill out all the asphalt you know you're just trying to preserve what's there kind of kick the can down the road and you know stretch your budget kind of a thing
0: what is the aging process? Of, of a road that you you started and, and also, well, maybe how about this? Say I, you took a yardstick and you just stuck it down into, um, uh, you know, one of the roads in Palm Coast. On the different, like on a cake or something, what are the layers made out of starting with, I guess, sand? So what, how do you, what, yeah, what what's the ingredients there?
3: Yeah, so starting from the bottom, you'd have, you know, your subgrade material, which would be like your sand or dirt or whatever's, whatever's present there and then you know moving up you'd have your base material which would be your lime rock shell rock or soil cement and typically you have about eight inches of that and then you keep moving up and then you would have your asphalt layer so depending on the class of road you have you know you would either have an inch and a half two inches or you know even up to three and a half inches of asphalt so that would kind of be your your typical section of a of a of a roadway
0: Okay, go ahead, so, Teresa. So,
2: Chris, you said earlier, um, you know, kicking the can down the road to stretch the budget, and I think that's part of the the concern is that are we just kicking a can down the road, or are some of these other um, solutions that you and I have discussed previously, you know, as far as rather than milling and resurfacing, are they economically the smart thing to do? Are we actually kicking a can down the road, or can we actually keep our roads in pretty good condition for a little less money if we've got a tighter budget?
3: Yeah. So, good. That's a great question, and and really, if if you look at a road like like the roof on your house, so the shingles would be the asphalt, you know, and then you have the plywood underneath that be your base material. Well, we're trying to protect the base, so anything we can do to waterproof the base and not let the water get into the base, because like we we're talking about in Florida, the, you know, the number one contributing factor to to road failure is water into the base, water intrusion. So that's how you start to get potholes and the you know road failing. So. If we can preserve the roads and not let them get to the point where they need milled and resurfaced or reconstructed, then you can save a lot of money. And in most instances, you know, roads are going to be your biggest asset, uh, you know, in a city or county. So anything you can do to, you know, preserve them mm-hmm. or keep them in good condition. So like we talked about with some of the, the pavement preservation techniques, you can maintain your roads for less money at a higher level of service And then that will help you save money and have a better roadway network overall because kind of the trap people fall into is they get into that worst-first mentality. And you really need to move away from that myopic, you know, type of thinking um, because you end up just chasing your tail because no one has enough money to only do milling and resurfacing.
2: And what about the Uh, downtime? Sorry to cut you off there. Sorry to finish up. I'm, I'm curious of the downtime. You know, when people know that, oh, I, I, traffic is being diverted or I've got construction workers everywhere, what's the comparison in downtime usually for milling and resurfacing ver- versus just the pavement preservation?
3: So a lot of the times we're going to be very similar. I mean, you, you know, you figure a milling operation, you're milling and then you're paving. So that takes time. Whereas some of these pavement preservation techniques, you know, you're either spray, spray applied uh, material on the road or you're spreading material on the road. And I would say, you know, it's about the same downtime. With any construction you're doing, there's going to be inconvenience. But we try to limit it, you know, as best we can. But, you know, a few hours out of the day to get a, a new road or a better looking road is, you know, a small price to pay, in my
1: opinion, you know. So when you talk about the, the actual amount of money that could be saved, so I don't know the the, the numbers, maybe you can help, but so you're saying like, to maintain a road, you might have to spend a million here a few years later, spend another million another few years later spend another million, or if you wait and don't do anything for all that time, you might have to spend like ten million at the end to kind of re to 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 uh, to recover the road. Is that a kind of a similar path, or how much money are we talking about being able to save if you kind of maintain it
3: yeah, so we like to equate. You know, a good analogy is, you know, if you think of a car, so, you know, you buy a new car, you don't, you don't not change the oil and just let the engine blow up and buy a new car. You know, you're going to do your, your maintenance, your oil changes and preserve your car for as long as you can. And same thing for a roadway. So, you know, if you start with a new roadway, a newly paved roadway, you could spend, you know, pennies on the dollar preserving it over that, you know, 30 years of that life and then you know, you're a lot further ahead than if you just don't do anything and then you have to spend all that money again to, you know, to mill and resurface it. So, you know, for 25% of your budget, if you put that towards pavement preservation, you can get a lot more done than than just doing, you know, worse first or coming in and letting the roads get to the point where they need the major rehabs.
1: And that that's kind of the argument for doing some sort of a fee now, right, Teresa, that if we put it's money in now, then we can save a lot of money in the long run, but I have to essentially buy a new car later on.
2: Yeah. So and, and thank you, Chris, for all the information, because he and I have talked ad nauseum about these this kind of goal or this um, plan to keep our roads up and, and put a certain amount of money from the franchise fee or however way we're able to do it with the budget. Uh, So that we have a plan over time to continue to maintain these roads and and engage in all these other types of solutions rather than having to mill and repave. And I like what you're saying, Chris, about, you know, the, the, the worst first, because that is a mentality that I think that a lot of cities engage in. And it's just not the right way of thinking because you never catch up. Is that pretty accurate?
3: Yeah, because, you know. Even though you're, you're touching your bad roads, your good roads are deteriorating faster than you, can, than you can mill and resurface or that you have enough money to mill and resurface. So even though you're taking care of your worse roads, your good or fair roads are, you know, quickly de- declining into that, that poor category. So you can just never get caught up. You know, you're just constantly chasing your tail. And, you know, all these processes that, you know, Councilwoman uh, Pontiere and I have been talking about, are none of them are new. Um, and all of them have been, you know, widely used across the state of Florida and across the United States. A lot of DOTs are using these pavement preservation techniques and, um, you know, they're widely used across the state of Florida. And really the first person to really use them in Flagler County was uh, Perry uh, uh, Matrano in the uh, city of Bunnell. And he was kind of, I kind of look at him as the godfather of, of pavement preservation there in the, in the county because he was very underfunded when he was public works director at the uh, city of Bunnell, and he was able to kind of take the money that they had, you know, and do some paper preservation and kind of help them extend their budget and then also, you know, get some stuff done that they hadn't got done with the city. So he 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 was kind of the – his outside-the-box thinking was kind of, you know, what led the way there, kind uh, of get things kicked off in, in Flagler County.
1: So let's say you have five roads and one is really horrible and needs to be repaved, you know, start over from scratch, and the other four are good but maybe could use a touch-up. Are you saying that it would be better to touch up the other four roads and let the one bad one just keep getting, you know, you're basically you're sacrificing that one to make sure that the other four never get bad and that's actually cheaper? I mean, at some point you have to do something about the really bad road, right?
3: Yeah, so that's a good point i mean you you would want to keep those four looking good because once once a road's already bad it's bad it's it's considered lost and whether you do it this year next year or the year after it's still going to be lost whereas those four roads if you don't do anything then a couple of those might move into the lost category and then you're even further behind but ultimately the the best plan of attack is you know, pavement preservation isn't going to replace your milling and resurfacing program. It's to be done in addition to. So if you can give yourself this toolbox of treatments to use, then depending on the, the condition of the road, you can pick the right treatment for the right road at the right time. And then, you know, you're doing everything at once to try to, you know, better take care of your roadway network. And that's really the best way forward is to, to try to do everything. So you would allocate a portion of your money to milling and resurfacing and then another portion to pavement preservation and try to find that sweet spot where you're you're treating the most roads and, you know, maintaining them at a higher level of service for your residents.
0: If you just tuned in, we're t- talking with Chris Shane with Asphalt Paving Systems. Also in our studio today is our Pomco City Councilwoman, Teresa Carly Pontieri. And we have Brian McMillan here. And we're just getting educated about, about roads. I mean, these are things I never used. A lot of things you just take for yeah. granted on it. Um, And and a lot of people are from up north, and we were talking before you came on, Chris, about up north. They've got potholes, I mean, like foot-deep ones in major roads. that are, And and the roads are nothing but patchwork up there and the the big metros and things. But we don't see that here in Florida anywhere from, you know, in Tampa or wherever. What's the difference between Florida and, say, Illinois, New York, Ohio?
3: So it really has a lot to do with the climate. So, you know, up north, we have offices in New Jersey, so we do a lot of work up there, but it's really the climate. So, up, you know, up north, you have the freeze thaw. So it gets cold, and then it thaws out, and then when you get water in the cracks, and then it freezes, it expands, and then when it thaws out, it contracts. So that puts a lot of strain on the roads. Whereas in Florida, we have our own set of challenges, you know, with it being so hot, and you get the sun, the damage from the sun. And then we also have the same problem with water, albeit it doesn't freeze. You know, it still gets into the base. But it is a little uh, a harsher climate up, up north with the freeze fall. That, that really wreaks havoc on the pavements, whereas Florida, it's just, you know, extreme temperatures and, and rain. So I would say that's why it's probably a little easier to take care of our roads down here versus up north.
0: And uh, snow plows are not the friends of a road?
3: yeah, snow plows can wreak havoc too, because you know they're putting a lot of strain on the on the top surface, and then as that degrades, then that allows more water to get into the base. So yeah, that's another challenge for sure is snow plows, which we obviously don't have down here. I What's
2: never s- want to see a snow plow here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. or a snow brush in your car right <laughs> so
1: so Teresa, I mean, from what i from what I've heard, um, you know, when the city of Palm Coast was just starting out. I think there are two big issues that I've heard about are that the wildfires of 98 kind of helped people to see like, we're really, we should probably have a Palm coast fire department and, and, and like make this more, they had, they had something like a Palm coast fire department, but we need to, you need to be a control our own destiny more with a fire department. And the other one was potholes mm-hmm. that at least that's what I remember talking like may, maybe a former mayor, John Nets, you know, things, people like that. But Is our potholes a big political issue right now? Do you feel like, like, is that maybe some of the disconnect that maybe people don't see that the roads are really bad and therefore we got to do something about them? And it's not, it's not enough of an emergency for some people to think that we should cough up more money. Well,
2: or, I will tell you, I, I think that people are concerned about the roads. You know, when we had um, a lot of people show up at our city council meeting a few weeks ago, I would say half of the people that came to the podium talked about infrastructure and uh, you know we should be putting more money into infrastructure. And hmm. the other way that our city is unique is the stormwater system in the canals. So maintaining the stormwater system in the canals and maintaining our roads are top priority for our residents. And so that's why I've kind of been hyper focused on how we can stretch our dollars and how we can keep potholes out of our roads, not for political reasons, but because we want to make sure that we're just being very smart with the monies. And we all know, like Chris has been saying, if you wait, it's very, it's a lot more expensive to fix these things later down the road rather than maintaining them along the way.
1: Yeah. The water, you know, the, the pipes and things every now and then you hear like this pipe failed on this road, but it still seems basically like kind of invisible, at least to me. Um, you know, you know, there's canals, but they're not like, you don't really see them. They're out, you know, far enough away from the road sure. that, that, um, it's not a real visible, uh, problem.
0: What what was, happened on Royal Palm Parkway not long ago where the road failed and collapsed, I guess. What happened there?
2: That was a pipe failure. So that was underneath yeah. that, you know, that was caused by pipes failing. And that's one thing that our stormwater, um, engineer, Uh, director Carl Cody has been working on really hard, um, is, you know, how do we get into pretty much a a consistent maintenance program for our pipes and our stormwater as well? So that's another challenge for another day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Well, because, you know, we think of Palm coast as being a new city and it is compared to St. Augustine by far, but, um, but yet it's aging underground on the, like you say, the, the, the pipes and things that would probably scare us if we saw what was underground that we don't see under the beautiful landscaping.
2: Right. Yeah, no, our city does a really good job of keeping things pretty. Um, yeah, uh, our city manager, Ms. Bevins, and also the mayor like to say we're a new city with old bones. And that's very true. And that's why we're trying very, very hard to kind of play catch up and get those old bones refreshed and uh, get the arthritis out of them and get them working <laughs> the way that they should.
0: Hey, Chris, Shane, um, let's all right. Let's talk about the perfect world here. Um, that we have a new city and and, uh, they've, you know, or you put in a brand new road and everything is great. How long should, in maintaining it, the rejuvenating it and all that kind of stuff, how long should a a well-done road last before it does have to be redone?
3: So if you're using, you know, your pavement preservation techniques, early on, you know, there's some asphalt rejuvenation you can do, which is spray on, spray applied. And it helps keep the asphalt soft and pliable. That way it doesn't crack prematurely. And you would do that, you know, after year one and then year three and year five. So pretty early on in the in the road's life, you're going to start doing some pavement preservation treatments. And then as you kind of move down the pavement deterioration curve, you're going to start doing some more evasive treatments like, let's say, microsurfacing. And that might happen after year 10, 12, 14, or 16 uh, um, and then and then after that point, you might be able to do microsurfacing again. So by the time, you know, the 50-year life of that road, you you may have done, you know, four, five, six pavement preservation treatments to it. So it's really just catching it early. Uh, all the, you know, all the treatments have their place, and it's really just finding the, the right time or that sweet spot of the road to do them. And that's really how you can help uh, not only extend the life of the road, but really stretch your budget as well so 50 years yeah i mean you could you could effectively you know not have to repave a road for 50 years if you if you maintain it correctly uh using pavement preservation
0: well and i like your analogy of the roof on your house same thing you know if if you start patching it and uh, and then you have water leak in it gets into the electrical and it starts getting mold in the house but you keep patching and patching and patching Um, whereas if you just, you know, maintain and you have a new, and then it's time for a new roof, you know, get one.
2: You know, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Chris.
3: Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, same thing with a road. I mean, you're going to get to a point where you, you do have to mill and resurface again. And that would, that would be like getting a new roof. You know, you can only do pavement preservation so many times before, but you know, to make that initial, asphalt overlay lasts as long as possible. That's the goal.
0: Is there a different makeup on the interstate of the road on the interstate than it is on our streets in Palm Coast?
3: Yeah, there is. So the 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 bottom lift of asphalt, your structural lift on the interstate is, is very similar. But on interstates, you have something called friction course, which is a, a coarser asphalt. And that lets the water run through the asphalt and then off the road. That way, cars aren't hydroplaning on the interstate. So it's a it's a coarser, rougher texture than what you would have on your neighborhood street in Palm Coast.
0: All right. Well, gee whiz, thank you for the uh, lesson on uh, asphalt and paving and streets and everything. It was um, I learned a lot from it. Chris, anything, Brian, or uh, Councilwoman Pontieri that you want to say?
2: Yeah, no, the only other thing that I wanted to ask Chris while we got him is, you know, when we're looking at having to, you're, you're saying that, you know, you can upkeep these roads for 50 years and then eventually have to mill and resurface. But from your experience, do cities try to kind of stagger the treatments so that they're not having to redo everything at once and they can take things in stages and really allocate the monies that you were talking about earlier in a, in a patterned way so that everything isn't kind of due all at one time.
3: Yeah. and, And that's kind of where a payment management plan comes in because you want to be data driven. You want to, you don't want to just, you know, make political decisions or you know on what road gets done you want to you want to do the road at the right time so if you have a pavement management plan there's software out there that can do predictive models and you know really produce a pretty invaluable list of you know which road should be done this year versus next year and it can also tell you you know based on your amount of funding that you have you know whether you're going to be ahead or behind whether you need more funding you know less funding which is, uh, Pretty much never happens, but um, I think you know a payment management plan is a is a really invaluable tool to have to help guide you guys as a city, you know, on on your path forward.
1: I figured uh, Teresa would just vote to have the roads paved near where she lives. No?
2: One hundred percent, and and the canals dredged as well. Yes, all of the above. All right. Are we doing your street tomorrow? Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: All right, hey, Chris Shane, Asphalt Paving Systems, thanks so much, and uh, we do appreciate what you're doing here and uh, educating us, and um, thank you.
3: Yeah, thanks so much. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Chris. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be back on Free For All Friday. Palm Coast City Councilwoman Teresa Carly-Pontieri, co-host Brian McMillan, me, David Ayers, and we'll be back with more. We're going to talk about um, what's with the electric vehicle thing here in Palm Coast.
3: in your car for a while, you better take care of it now.
0: And if your air conditioning isn't blowing cold, we can fix it before the whole thing goes out. And save you money.
1: Do you know where we are? We've consolidated into one great location.
0: Quantum Tires and Auto Repair. We do it all at our new location, State Road 11 and the Railroad Tracks in Bunnell. You'll see us. Quantum Tires and Auto Repair. We do it all. 437-3677. 437-3677. Quantum.
2: Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386 986 golf crowd, improving business, improving
3: lives. I, I really like Coastal Cloud. I'm blessed to have uh, you know opportunities to move elsewhere, but I choose to stay with them just because of the culture, the people I work with. I believe in what Tim and Sarah have built here, the type of people they are. I believe they do what's right, so I really like the people and the culture.
0: 9.55, five minutes to go, and uh, thanks for joining us today on Free For All Friday. If you just got in your car and tuned it on, you can listen to the entire podcast, Flagler Broadcasting.com or on the Flagler Radio mobile app. Listen anywhere in the world, anytime. Five, but,
1: uh, five more minutes? Yeah. I thought, you, I thought you could just go as long as you want.
0: I, well, I can, but I get in trouble. <laughs> you know, <I> have, <laughs> ABC News expects us to uh, be there for them. Um, so anyway, well, it was a great discussion and, um, I appreciate you taking the time and, you know, last night and also, and if you didn't, um, let me, let's plug to watch your, um, town hall meeting that's on YouTube, right?
2: Yeah. So we have the, and thanks for having me. We have the, uh, YouTube video from the town hall last night on the Palm Coast YouTube channel, um, and really talked about the budget and some of our infrastructure and just really trying to help people understand, uh, different ways that we can get our paving done and the ways that Bonnell and the city of Flagler Beach have done it this this way and it can be really successful. so really trying to just educate everybody and let them know we're working hard and trying to be creative to uh, get our infrastructure addressed.
0: yeah you, know, you say you've learned last night you were saying that you've you been knowing all this stuff and you're wrapping your head around a, a whole lot of things here are you enjoying this?
2: I am. I've been drinking from a fire hose, let me tell you, uh, for about the last year and a half. But no, it's been great. It's been, uh, you know, there's always something to learn. And my head is about to explode just about every day, but it's in, it's in a good way.
0: All right. I got a text here that says, mention Palm Coast Report. So that it's a new um, aggregate in Palm Coast. Of, for news so it's got it's an aggregate for local news media i know wnzf's on it and in the newspaper and anybody in daniel it's a whole lot of different um sources for news now and it's like you know ask flagler and and everybody trying to do a, a good job with it so um it's called the palm coast report so just uh check it out and everything flagler so.
2: buzz is a new one too That they're flagler. doing pretty good
0: it's, that's an aggregate
2: I don't, you know, I'm not sure. I, I know they just started. Um, I've seen them at a lot of events. Actually, she was at the town hall last night. Um, one of the women who does the photography, but had some really great shots from our Independence Day parade on the beach. And so they've been out and okay. about. And, yeah. And they're on Facebook, so you can follow them too.
0: Yeah. And and we, you know, Flagler, we support all these guys, you know, because I think the more people out there reporting, um, you know, and Flago Live, of course, is, you know, very influential and things like that. But you need to, you know, get a balanced diet of your news input, not just on one thing. And like I say, just because you believe something, challenge your belief. You know, we talked about the cognitive bias where, you know, if you don't like something, you'll only look for reasons to back up why you don't like it as opposed to why you might like it. So be fair to yourself and uh, be careful of being influenced by any source, um, without educating yourself to it. And, um, so, yeah, various so we,
2: viewpoints where we good. That's why I really appreciate our council. You know, we all have different goals and opinions and it's a robust discussion usually on some, some of this really tough stuff. And that's, that's good governance and that's the way that it should be. You shouldn't, you shouldn't live in a echo chamber for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, or, you know, it's like, or get emotional, you know, that and, too, that doesn't help. That's <laughs> right. I'm mad about this and don't tell me I shouldn't be mad, you know, whatever. <laughs> Well, uh, final comments from uh, Brian McMillan. Congrats on your awards, by the way. Thank you very much.
2: Yes, um, big congrats.
1: Congratulations to all the Observer writers who won awards. Um, yeah, I just I'm glad to hear that you're uh, in the community, Teresa, and doing the town hall and keeping people informed. I think the more the more we know, the more we can uh, be wise and uh, you know not spread. You know, just our opinion and and um, kind of get in trouble and um, just understanding the real the facts is kind of the has to be the starting point. So you know, I'm glad that we were able to talk to the to Chris at from APS also and kind of figure out what's going on with the roads. So all right yeah, no, I,
2: I really appreciate the platform. I appreciate WNZF and the city support and setting up the town hall last night. That's we're just really trying to pro- provide information so that people's opinions can be based in fact. And by all means, have your opinion, you know, and share your thoughts with me. I'm always open to discussion, but I want it to be based in truth and facts.
0: All right, Councilwoman Teresa Carly Pontieri, thank you for being on thank today. You. Everybody, have a great weekend. Be safe and be nice to each other. Have a good one.
2: Serving Flagler County for over a decade. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235 CW Binell.